Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Previously on Set Condition One. I'm starting to think Sad Geezer is... Is Caleb one of the time-traveling versions of me, right? SadGeezer.com. And you realized you were getting pulled back, and so that's why you have to hurry up at the end of each one, because you're like, oh, fuck, I gotta get these done. (laughs) Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition One throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition One throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many many copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast. Welcome again to Set Condition 1, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, SC1 Actual Caleb. Joining me on the CIC is the XO Kitsy. If you want to move down there, go ahead. Be my guest. Go down and cat around with all the men. Have yourself a good old time. (laughs) But Saul, I want you. (laughs) I finally have lines again. It's nice. And the former president of the 12 Colonies in the podcast, Andrea. Oh, man. Does Tyson cat around? He does. He, does. he totally says cat around. <laughs> so here um, we are. We've arrived at the season two finale of the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica by Ronald D. Moore uh, from the Sci-Fi Channel. Um, and boy, was it a doozy. Um, I mentioned to you this, this to y'all this morning, but you know, woke up early and it was kind of a, a about as snowy of a snowy day as we get here in St. Louis. You know, so a dusting, mostly ice. Uh, but it felt like this is a day that I should I should just stay home, not go to work. <laughs> Mind you, I was staying home anyway, but it felt like felt like it should have been a snow day. Uh, and we had forgotten to watch the episode last night. We got tied up doing other stuff and just totally forgot. And so Ellen was like, "Do you?" you want to watch it this morning? I was like, yeah, because otherwise I'm going to have to figure out, like, stepping away from work early and watching it in the afternoon, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to, and then there's dinner. And, uh, yeah, let's do that. So we watched this episode at, like, 7 a.m., and that's a fucking weird way to start your day <laughs> on <laughs> oh, a <yeah>. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> bleak. It's not even... A particularly, uh, it's not even particularly, it is a very unjoyful episode, and in fact, unjoyful, yeah, unjoyful, the unjoyful Caleb Boy. (laughs) Is Is that the wrong podcast? Wrong podcast. Kitsy, I'm, I am loving this lighting where, like, you're basically a floating head speaking into a microphone. <laughs> you turned your lights off. I felt like I had to do the same. I just, you know, I, I've discovered that the these two desk lamps uh, create a much nicer ambience for me while I'm recording than mm. the bright overhead lights that are on all day when I'm working. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's very soothing, very relaxing. That's nice. It gets me in the mood to say I- things like... Previously on Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> it's all, they're always a surprise every time. I really. It's... Uh, so we pick right up with our uh, friends on the rescue mission on Caprica. Uh, still pinned down by the Cylon mortar attacks, which somehow are continually managing to land just on either side and never hitting anyone, which in and of itself, I feel like is a miracle from the gods. <laughs> You know, uh, it's worth mentioning that the Cylons might be doing that on purpose. They might be. Mm. And, like, it's so, 
blatant that it's hitting like the, the basically giving them like a, a 50 foot radius uh in which to hunker down uh, just constantly landing in front or behind them mm-hmm. such that like it keeps them stuck in this one place they can't like they can't attack but they also can't retreat and the alternative being that even after about 200 shells they still ha- can't figure out how to like calibrate and aim like Cylons apparently are bad at math, which <laughs> that's that's why I think that they're doing it on purpose. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but I'm pretty sure I've told you you both that like one of my favorite mobile games of all time is Crush the Castle, and even on the hardest levels, it didn't take me 200 tries to <laughs> <laughs> to to kill all the enemies. <laughs> Damn, I remember that game. That game was fun. I don't think I ever played it. It was one of the the first iOS games, I think. Probably the second one that I ever downloaded, first being Super mm-hmm. Monkey Ball. Um, Obviously. But Obviously. I, re- I re-downloaded it recently, and it's much harder than I remember. I know this <laughs> nice. isn't our Night Shift Radio gaming podcast, but I did just uh, download the new Mist. The new Mist. The, like, it's not even really a remaster, but I've been playing Mist again for the first time in, like, 25 years, and it is uh, hard. You know who's, who would be stoked about that? Hmm. New York Times bestselling illustrator Ethan Kosa. <laughs> the <laughs> pyramid player? Mist. The Does pyramid he? player, yes. <laughs> uh, speaking of the pyramid player, so yeah, uh, you know, Carathrice and, and Sam Anders and company uh, are, are pinned down in their, their little, the, these ruins that are conveniently placed for them to, to stand behind and like peek through a window uh, on Caprica. Meanwhile, uh, back on Galactica in the sick bay. Doc Connell is uh, setting and wiring Callie's jaw from her uh, uh, her mm. incident in, in the previous episode. And <laughs> you got to love Cottle's uh, just kind of gentle joking misogyny where, like, <laughs> she, he's like, you know, you're ready to go back to work. She's like, work? Like this? And he's like, got to love a woman who can complain with her jaw wired shut. He's the only one who could get away with saying something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he 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 doesn't say it with any like malice or any actual feelings of like superiority. He's just giving them shit because he mm-hmm. can. Right? Like, yeah. What's she gonna do? About it? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the the chief comes in and he's all oh, his little face when he his sees face. Her. Oh, oh my god. god! He's just devastated, and he stammers his way through like. Uh, like an apology, but also like I know you shouldn't. You you know you don't forgive me, and you shouldn't. And it was wrong, and it was it was terrible. And I'm, and she's just like the just in the most crushing way. She's like, I forgive you. Oh, God, <laughs> and it's just like, Ooh. and then they instantly fall in love. Somewhere I want an alternate take of that where she's like, he's like, what? She's like, he's like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't. Did you say fuck you? No, fuck you. I came here to apologize. She writes it down for him. I do want to um, remind our listeners before we get to the end of this episode that weeks and weeks ago, I predicted based on one lingering shot of the two of them looking at each other that this was headed down this road and that I wasn't going to be happy about it if I was right. We can continue now. Are you unhappy? We'll save it for the second half of this episode because at this point... I mean, he's got to be like 15, 20 years older than her, right? Like, As far as I know, his character is supposed to be on the youngish side, like younger than we are. I think he's like early 30s. She's probably like mid twenties, so that's, I think he's probably closer to like eight years. That's, okay, that's that's better. Better, yeah. That's still, that's my guess. I don't I don't have actual like, but even dossiers on all the collection. Right, I would look it up, but um, you're not, no, allowed. You're not allowed to. Not allowed. And I'd look it up, but I don't care enough. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listeners, uh, do me a favor. <laughs> my, my new Google assistants. Why haven't I thought to do this before? Do me a oh, favor and uh, find out how old uh, Tyrell and What's-Her-Face Callie are and tweet me just that and no other information, please and thank you. I think on my first watch through or two, I also thought that he was significantly older, but I feel like the older I get, the less old he looks uh, when I when I watch through. I, I think it was just relative. Such a terrible feeling. Well, because like the first time that I watched through, I was probably like twenty seven, and that's how old I so. am right now. Yeah, and if that's 
if I'm right that he's early 30s, that still kind of felt old to me because I wasn't mm-hmm. there yet. And now it feels young. And now it's like, oh, he's God. just a baby. He's, he's in the prime of his life. <laughs> I think Callie just seems so young. Like, yes, she has a baby face, but also they just seem like they're in very different places in their lives uh, in terms of maturity and stuff. But also, I, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't like it. She also could still be very young because she only joined the military to pay for dental school. So she might be like early 20s. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the impression I got was she was like right out of whatever their version of high school is. um, And this was like joined up to to like do do the military for two years and get out and pay for dental school. Yeah. Mm. Which means she could be like 20. Mm. I don't know. I just, Cyril, you're better than that. It's, it's trauma just, bonding. That's what that yeah. is. It totally Oof. is. Mm-hmm. But again, as, as we force said, trauma bonding. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. You're right. I hated that. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, that's, oh, that is, oh, I got to take a minute. Mm-hmm. I'll be, uh, <laughs> I'm going to sit the rest of this episode out. I think that's, I'm, I think I peaked. <laughs> Um, it's the best I'm gonna do. Yeah. Oof, doof. But and again, as as we've said, like the, it's not exactly like you know a buffet of choices. You know, they don't they don't have you know, like Tinder on to swipe through. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way we haven't made a Tinder on joke or something well, by now. It, but it's it was, still it was oh, Balter. Balter. <laughs> <laughs> they're not swiping on Balter. <laughs> I forgot about. Well, that's because he's the only one you can swipe on. <laughs> How have we not made that yet? I thought we were going to. We've been doing this. We, we forgot all about it probably yeah. as soon as it happened. But we've been doing this long enough that we can remember things that happened so long ago we forgot them. That's, oh, wow. That's a milestone. We've, we've is, reached a milestone. Hey, I don't know if we mentioned, this is the season two finale. It is. It is. We are halfway through. Battlestar Galactica. Two whole damn seasons. That's crazy. Um, And funnily enough, as we'll get into later, more time passes in this one episode (laughs) than has passed in the entire series so far. (laughs) One of my favorite parts of this was the moment that they acknowledged that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was very fun. On Galactica, there's an election happening. We 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 talked about this before. We had some some debates. Uh with uh, moderated by a guy with an octagonal microphone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you catch that? It's... Yeah, <laughs> I missed it. He, <laughs> he, he was the he was the master debater, I believe. Was, <laughs> it's not uh, that kind of show, Kitsy. The master of debating. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rosalind and Tori are hatching a bit of a plan to ensure that uh, Rosalind wins. Which mm, sounds shady. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. As Tori says, there's always a backup plan for victory. Uh, Just in time for the priest. And then <laughs> uh, we get uh, Rosalind has a, a moment with uh, our friend, Brother Cavill, who, unlike his berating of uh, Tyrrell and his belief system, like actually does sit and, uh, and pray with Rosalind. So it's worth noting that the way they cut to that is the back on Caprica, the Cylons just kind of fuck off. They're like, all right, we're bored. And they leave and they're all, you know, the, 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 the SAR team comes out and they're all just like, oh, they're gone. And then we get a, from the back, you're like, thank the gods. And it's Cavill. And he starts a prayer and then they cut to colonial one and you see him continuing the prayer with the president on colonial one, which is our official confirmation that he is in fact a Cylon. Uh, (laughs) And that was such a cool reveal. It's like you knew where I was going with this. <laughs> oh, you jumped the gun, kids. No, that, that that was that was good because Aww. that's exactly where I wanted to to, to take this. Uh, and specifically, I want to know, Andrea, did you see it coming? I no, not in the way that I like. You know, I see it coming for every single character because anybody could be a Cylon. So, like, I won't. Yeah. But, but no, in fact, I I looked kitsy for a second and was like, wait, that's, it's not like in my head, I was trying to like 
fix it where I was like thinking maybe the timeline was a little different or something. It, it was, you know. It's great because when we talked about him last, you <laughs> were basically of the impression that he was going to be just like a, a throwaway character that like came and mm-hmm. went, like maybe appeared once or twice. Uh, and I was talking about how I want him to be like a recurring char- mm-hmm. character like Dr. Coddle. Y'all are uh, sneaky. And uh, I remembered the second half of his reveal, but I didn't remember this part. And so when it happened, I was like, ah, there he is. The way he just comes up looming with the hat. The second half of his reveal is so good. The second half is the best. Of course, the the search and rescue mission succeeds because the Cylons have have given up and just left after the the search and rescue team thought that they were going to get, like, gassed out and taken to the farms and, you know, Anders and Kara make a a suicide pact. (laughs) Well, hold on. (laughs) I don't want to interrupt, but they don't. She makes it for them. (laughs) She she doesn't even say, you have to promise to kill me. She says, you do me and I'll do you, which is, like, he didn't ask. He, fair. Yeah. He agrees, but he doesn't. He, she doesn't leave him a he, choice. He's not real. St- he's not too stoked about it. <laughs> and she's like, "I ain't going back to that fucking farm, Sam." <laughs> and he's like, yeah. "I didn't think they were going to take me there, so I'm probably just going to try to stick it out and see what happens. But if you <laughs> want me to like, shoot you first, I will." He's just hoping that he's faster. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> and so they, they succeed. So they go back to Galactica. And off the raptor steps the cavil that the that you know praises the gods and, and starts the prayer and everything. And Tyrrell fucking tackles him <laughs> because he recognizes his priest from mm-hmm, the previous mm-hmm. episode. And everyone's like, Chief, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, he's a Cylon and uh, Code Blue. Like, oh, all, right. <laughs> all right, we got this. And like also send Sharon to the brig, which is a little overreacting, but take him to the brig. I kind of get it. Uh, and of course, with with this new cavil in the brig, they drag the other one, kicking and screaming, and he's like, "I'm not a fracking Cylon." And, uh, oh, well then. No. <laughs> I just uh, I love I just love that where he's like he's putting up the protest, and he sees himself, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, all right, you got me." Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we're twins ah you damn colonials <laughs> would have gotten away with it i think that's hands down my favorite cylon reveal in the entire show yes like, it's so good there are still some very good ones because i think there's still five cylons that we don't know five or six um somewhere like that we have five do we have we'll five? do a countdown have... on the recap episode yeah, yeah, yeah we'll figure yeah, it we'll out but this is my favorite just because i'm not a fracking son oh oh well <laughs> Here we are. And then the then the other one, sorry to bust up your day, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Their dynamic is so funny. And of course they're they're explaining that like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm here with, with a message. You know, the the silence have decided to to grant you a reprieve and like, you know, we've we're done with the occupation. It was a mistake. And everyone's like, Yeah, you think? And like, look, <laughs> we're admitting our mistake. We're clearly better than you. And like, you killed our entire <laughs> civilization. Ah, you know, you want to keep bringing that up? That's, that's ancient No harm. Yeah. And lugs, the two cavils keep alternating on this yep. description as though, like, they're, they're genuinely of one mind. Do you know the Sklar brothers? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like they're like uh, Battlestar's Battle Sklar Galactica. Battle Sklar. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So the, they've basically said, like, we're, we're going to leave you alone. Like, We've fucked off to do our own thing. You know, we we tried to be, we we thought ourselves thought of ourselves as the children of humanity, and we tried too hard to be like you, and we became you. And you know, we're machines, so we need to be the best machines that we can. And we need to go. We need to go take some time and think about what we've done. <laughs> Essentially, we, we've sent ourselves to our room. We need a timeout. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hilo is kind of drilling Sharon. He's like, you know, why did why did you say something? She's like, why would I? Uh, you know what? Fair. Yeah. They killed my baby. Like, why do I care about getting your trust anymore? Like she, yeah. and she's got a great point. Like she has done nothing but like cooperate and try to help. And they've just shit on her repeatedly mm-hmm. over and over again. We talk about like they, no one's good in this show as far as like the, <laughs> the, the humans or the Cylons. Neither side is all good. Neither side has any moral high ground because they do shit like that. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so say we all. So say we all. Episode. Over. Oh, you can't say. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't well. say it, so the episode's not over yet. <laughs> but as soon as I say it, the episode ends. Okay. My how the tables have turned. <laughs> My how the turntables. Well, this is the part where the uh, transcript gets all smushed. So I'm going to be just kind of guessing from here on out. Uh, <laughs> 
But we get we get a fun scene of Kara and Anders doing shots and being all lovey dovey and giggly and and whatnot and making out. And uh, who should walk in but Lee Adama, Commander Lee Adama, <laughs> just like very awkwardly in. It's like it, it's painfully awkward because he's like he he doesn't want to be there. And Starbucks mm-hmm. like, hey, let me introduce you to my man. And then she <sighs> oh, goes and like jumps on him awful. and starts making out with with Sam and like. Lee, when are you gonna get yourself a girl? Wait, are you still with Duwala? I'm like, that's rude. (laughs) She's so rude in this scene, and she's so. I know that like she has just learned that this person that she's in love with is still alive, and they've been reunited, and she saved him, and also that they're drunk and et cetera, et cetera. So I want to forgive her a little bit, but she is so unlikable in this scene. Like it was hard for me to watch her. Mm -hmm. But it's especially weird because there has been this just bizarre tense like really awkward dynamic between lee and kara for Mm -hmm. several episodes now mostly driven by lee being like massively in love with her and her not reciprocating wanting to fuck every now and then but like (laughs) also being like hey got a dude back on caprica gotta go rescue him not sure if he's alive and now he's there he's alive like she has proof like look see didn't make him up you know He's not my, my Capricorn boyfriend that I swear is, <laughs> swear is totally real. He's a model. Also, he's a famous athlete, so. <laughs> so. I love Starbuck. I do not like drunk Starbuck. Yeah, no. no. And I, I know a uh, testament to Katie Sackhoff because I do love Starbuck and usually she can do no wrong, but the way she turns mm-hmm. her up in this episode or in that scene anyway is... Oh, yeah. She she does what she's supposed to do there for sure. And Lee just kind of wanders out. And then Starbucks like, wait, where'd Lee go? <laughs> and then she just goes right back into Sam's mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that phrasing. <laughs> I hated the scene, but I think I hated that phrasing more. <laughs> but before this scene, uh, back when we're, we're having the reuniting of, of everyone, when yes. the, when the, uh, the oh, Star yeah. mission comes back and, and they're all in the hangar deck and uh, Starbucks comes up to Adama and is like, hey, I'm back. And then there's like this awkward like, dad, here's my boyfriend. Meet my boyfriend, dad. It's this. It's so weird. Uh, and then like, I, I can't remember if she introduces him or if he introduces himself, but but Adama's like, yeah, I know who you are. Um, the pyramid and, player. Yeah, the pyramid, the pyramid player. Yeah, <laughs> I told you. Yeah. Capricorn Buccaneers. Uh, I'm a Pycon Panthers fan myself. We enjoy beating them too, sir. Yes, we enjoy beating them too. I love it. That is so good. That whole scene. It's funny you said, like, it's, you know, Starbucks bringing her boyfriend home to meet her dad for the first time. And I, I, it's, it's exactly what it is. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm not crazy about the Lee Starbucks romance thing anyway, because Adama feels like such a father figure to her. And even the way the two of them spar kind of back and forth when they're not being like explicitly flirty feels very Mm -hmm. brother and sister to me. It's so sibling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't like when they try to push it in that direction for them. Same. I do also love that when Starbuck first gets off the the Raptor, she says something to the effect of, am I good or what? Ty's like, you thought she was unbearable before. (laughs) 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 They're such a family. I love them so much. So there's a little bit of controversy around uh, holding like the, the vote counting on Galactica, but the civilian and military contingents came to a uh, bit of a compromise where Galactica would host and provide security for the ballot counting, but it would be a civilian contingent that actually does the vote counting. And they've got a, a really great secure, like double lock, tamper-proof seal method of delivering the, the lock boxes with a whole like chain of sign-offs along the way. So they know that you know everything's making it uh, securely so nobody can uh, interfere with the election. Be, there'll be no exactly. steal. They want to. They want to make sure they they stop any any possible steal. Okay. I and can't. they do. And everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything. And uh, Rosalind uh, wins by a landslide, and it's it, it's great. Yeah. yeah. The what was the the Zephyr? The the votes from the Zephyr, Zephyr. come in. Zephyr. You know, Rosalind's down by quite a few votes, but you know she she really picks up the the the, the count that she needs. Startlingly, like exactly what she needs to have a. <laughs> A fairly decisive victory from the Zephyr is the thing. Like of all, if you're gonna, if you're gonna like stuff the the ballot box right in your favor, don't pick a ship that would obviously go 
for your opponent. <laughs> like, wait, what do I know about the Zephyr? Isn't the Zephyr like Tom Zarek's uh, ship? Isn't that where he is with I all his he... his peoples? Wasn't he on the the prison ship? Oh yeah, he's got the queen, the Astro Queen, doesn't he? Astro Queen. Oh, I thought. Never mind. Just he's... cut this part out. Okay. Well, no, no. Um, cause I'm not sure how much we actually know about the Zephyr, so you might not be wrong. With the the last ship mentioned before the Zephyr is the Adriatic, uh, and the Adriatic is one of the the ships that ostensibly is under Tom's not full on control, but influence. Uh, and it's the uh, fun fact I, I learned from recently from a. Um, Another YouTube video that sadly has just enough spoilers that I can't share it yet. <laughs> uh, the Adriatic is uh, one of the few civilian ships that actually has armaments, and its oh. design uh, was an old colonial warship. But it's unclear if it was like you know bought by like a private collector and retrofitted as like a, a luxury yacht, uh, or if it actually is still just like a decommissioned warship or something like that. But that's neat because it kind of looks like a, like a baby battle star. Yeah. It that does. show's so good. There's so many like little details that I'm learning now because I'm in the, the realm of it, spoilers are okay. <laughs> Quit bragging. <laughs> I'm going to be insufferable with whatever happens the next thing we record after the series is over when I'm allowed to do research and can inhale the last you oh, know, yeah. four seasons <laughs> all at once. Um you said something that was relevant to the, or I had something to say that was relevant to what we were actually talking about before that, though. Was it about how Gata notices a discrepancy? Gata the snitch. <laughs> That's it. Gata the fucking snitch. Of course he's a snitch. Is anybody surprised? No. He snitches so fast. So what does surprise me, though, is that Ty was in on the uh, the rigging. Well, specifically because Ellen wants to settle on the planet, and Ty does not. And, like, that's that's the decisive issue in this race. We, we learned is. last time uh, that permanent settlement on the planet that they're now calling New Caprica uh, is the what Baltar staked his entire campaign on because he knows that he couldn't beat Rosalind on policy or anything else. You know, Rosalind comes at it with a, a very pragmatic approach of like this is like it's it's habitable in the technically correct sense, but it is not livable, and we cannot live here. We also don't know that it's safe, uh, which is an oddly prescient uh, <laughs> statement that she makes. But the the people speak, and then that's 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 what they want. So you know, we we learned early on that Rosalind and Tori kick off this chain of events where. Uh, they managed to sway Ty and Duala and, and you know, at least a couple other people to switch out one of the ballot boxes. All of this just... I know. All of this it's, has happened before. before yeah. I, just, yeah. I literally just wrote that down on my little board where I write stuff I want to remember to say. In fact, that's from the scriptures of Pythia. That, that statement. Oh. Before we, we dive further into the, the election, though, I do want to call out the... The fucking like parking garage meeting between uh, <laughs> between Rosalind and Baltar in Adonis yes! quarters. Oh my god, yes. Where That's... she's standing in the shadowy corner, like Adama's not here. <laughs> this is my meeting. This is my meeting. And essentially essentially what it is is she's like, you know, I know this is a decisive issue, but I think we're both, you know, here's what we're gonna do. We're both going to agree that no matter who wins, we will assess the situation after the election, after careful study with the military, with the Quorum of Twelve, and then we'll make a decision, but we will not make a decision now. And Baltar sees right through that. He's like, no, fuck you. Like, this is my this is my issue. I'm absolutely moving forward with this. And that's when she kind of reveals that she knows that he was in collusion with yeah. the Cylons because she saw him with six back in the Caprica the River tall walk. tall blonde woman. The tall blonde woman. Mm-hmm. To which he, of course, deflects and, and, you know, throws it back in her face and leaves. Just shows me how desperate you really are. Yeah. I mean, Say he's, anything. He's uh, kind of right. He is right. And it's, 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 Rosalind is correct in her approach. Like, understanding that this is something that people want and, like, deserves consideration, but, like, needs to be, like, carefully thought out and, like, bring all aspects of the, the government and military authority into play. She's absolutely right. But the fact that the, she thinks that Gaius would go for that, mm -hmm. Laura, yeah, no. Laura yeah, you're smarter never. than that. She's yeah. smarter than that. And I was thinking the same thing, except she's also not used to 
not getting what she wants, especially like since becoming president. There's that scene we we keep talking about where she, you know, the the one soldier, she gets her to move the gun and let her pass through and Adama crumbles under her stare, you know, yeah. nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. So I'm he's right she's desperate if this had been a standoff between rosalind and adama that statement would have won adama over and Mm -hmm. he would have gone to the cic and told saul that he had decided (laughs) they were going to wait until (laughs) after the election and uh, like talk it over with the quorum and the president (laughs) yeah but baltar plays dirty politics and she's not used to that he develops into quite the politician after like not wanting anything to do with it initially mm-hmm. yeah yeah he gets really his i mean i know he's always been a bit of a shithead and we're not <laughs> sure what he's gonna do a lot of the time but this episode boy does he Oof. take uh i don't know what heel turns the right phrase because he was kind of a heel to start with but like it's gonna be hard for me to come back around on him um over the next two seasons i think if he makes it that far <laughs> if anyone makes it that far after oh, this episode, yeah jesus Seriously. so so we've got the we've got the votes they're in there they they uh they uh, laura, laura wins in a landslide but gata gata notices there's a discrepancy in the zephyr ballots and that discrepancy is that baltar's <laughs> name is spelled correctly because you see the zephyr called him that morning and said that the ballots had Gaius's name spelt wrong, and he told him just to go with it because they didn't have time to reprint them. <laughs> Sloppy work. Sloppy work. <laughs> they really, they really beefed this one like big time. Yeah, I love. But that. we have multiple Dreda's contacts, so we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, jump to a new location, and uh, we'll be back and we'll talk more about uh, how this episode pans out. So uh, stay, keep your wireless on the signal that we're we're broadcasting don't touch that dial so stay we here so stay so stay we <laughs> so stay we all <laughs> that's my covid-19 uh motto so stay we all so stay we home <laughs> so so stay we home so, so stay, stay we, we home, home. <laughs> that's very good <sighs> that is that's comedy that's that's good comedy right there <laughs> I'm Michael Fight, and I'm here with a brand new show called Fight Jokes About Everything. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to bring up a brand new topic, something that's hot on the internet because because I live on the internet. And we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to, you know, talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place. So please join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for this brand new Night Shift Radio original. For more information, go to nightshiftradio.com and of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Mindless monsters, once thought human, fill the streets. A corrupt government threatens the lives of the people it's meant to serve. This sounds a little too familiar. Is this real life? Or a video game you can play for fun? Shift Talk Q, Night Shift Radio's newest original production, is your LGBTQ centered source for creative and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity, and community. You can expect unboxings, game reviews, let's plays, community nights, celebrations of what video games are doing right, critical conversations about where the gaming industry needs to do better, and so much more. Be the first to know when new episodes drop by following us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Shift Q. And on Twitch at Shift Q to join the community. For more information about Shift-Alt-Q, visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, I'm Sarah Sweeney, host of the new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow Latchkey Kids about what they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. I love that what does in this plot to, to steal the election is not making a typo. It's, yeah. It's spelling things correct, failing to make a mistake is their mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny coming from... They were uh, too perfect. Yeah, an educator's election. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Uh, and so, of course, after Adama sits down with, with Rosalind, he's like, no offense, but are you as shocked as I am? 
<laughs> and I'm she just relieved. crumbles immediately. Like, yeah. I told Tori to make it. <laughs> <laughs> and Adama just can't believe that that Saul Ty was involved. Well, it's, it's uh, I, I, I believe, I don't know, Caleb, you might have a different, have watched a different version, but in the version I watched, that sounded really passive aggressive and shitty, but like that does actually happen to us sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I know what you're talking about. In the version I watched. Maybe you were watching a different show. I watched the secret version. Well, well Caleb, in the show I watched, Gata actually calls Gata actually calls Adama and is like Yes, 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 yes. Hey, yes. I then, uh I'm not quite sure how to say this, but <laughs> then, yes. I, I think it was fast and direct <laughs> was yeah. Adama's response. <laughs> Right but now. yeah, and then then uh, Adama reveals to Rosalind later that uh, he confronted Ty, and Ty confessed right away, and and you know said he did it because he thought that Baltar's presence would be disastrous. True. And, uh, and and Adama's like, and I agree. Like, and Lara's like, yeah, uh, obviously that's why I did it. But he talks her out of going forward with the with the steel because he's like, you know, it's illegal, it's wrong, it's not who you are, it's not who we are. And the people have spoken, and even though it's even though they spoke stupidly, we have to let them, you know, we have to see this through. He's such a man of integrity. I know. It is it's so hard to watch it now. Or I guess maybe it's slightly easier, thank God, because we're post-January 20th. And disclaimer for all the disclaimers we make every time we talk about this, things aren't blah, blah, blah. But we say this a lot, too, that this show manages to be so relevant all the time but this is uncanny like this one yeah. is frightening yeah i just like confronted with this situation where he knows that the best answer for everyone is also absolutely the wrong decision yeah and like it's a classic case of you know the the right decision is the hard one mm-hmm. he could have just declared martial law <laughs> It worked out so well last time. What now? What last time? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's right. He doesn't know. No. Dom has no clue. No one, no one, one told him. him. <laughs> I can't believe you almost ruined that. Whoops. We're so close. Shh. shh, shh. No. No. Mm. <laughs> Ix and A on the Archel May. All lay. So Adama has the, uh, the, the, the pleasure of delivering the news to Gaius Baltar. That uh, a discrepancy was discovered and corrected, and uh, congratulations, Mr. President, you won. And Baltar immediately is like, "Well, well, of course we'll we'll have a full inquiry into this and find the the source of this discrepancy." And like, it gets all, like high and mighty, and Adama's basically like, "Take your victory and leave." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm I suggest not you take your, your victory and leave it at that. <laughs> and uh, I believe. Admiral, the correct honorific at this point is Mr. President-elect. Oh, God. Now set a course for New Caprica. <laughs> at one point, he says something about, like, you know, as the president, I don't have to listen to anyone. And I hate that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, I would argue that the president's job is listening, or should be anyway. Yeah, that's listening, a big part of it. Listening is a big part of the job. And I, I think he makes it might make some passing reference to like being Adama's boss or something like that, which again, if you go with the, you know, the, the commander in chief, uh, power structure that like we have here in the U S that is technically correct, but are you really going to pull that shit with Bill Adama? I mean, who's got the nukes? <laughs> uh, oh shit. Who's got Gina. the nukes? Apparently Gina has the nuke on cloud nine. <laughs> oh, this, this was, this was heartbreaking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, after winning the election, goes to see his his friend, the, the six, uh, Gina from from Pegasus. Uh, and he's all like, you know, it, it'll it'll take a while as we, we settle in and there's you know, lots of business to do, but like we'll we'll finally be able to, to see one another and we'll we'll be able to be together. And she's like, Yeah, I'm not going. He's like, but but but, but, but we're all the, going. The pl- everybody's going. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be there. And she's like, no. And then, like, he goes to leave, and she asks him to stay, and, and they have sex, and it's it's beautiful and passionate. Uh, and then he leaves, and she sits on the floor and activates the nuke that he gave her. God. The very first thing uh, that happens immediately as Gaius Baltar is sworn in as president, 
mm-hmm. a nuclear detonation that destroys Cloud Nine and several other ships. That was his fault. He hand delivered to the person who set it off. Who yeah. and Gina, I have a lot of um like I feel for her, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's yeah. really hard. Not Gina to... needing an end, I can un- understand and empathize with. Like she's yeah. she's needed her closure and her end of her story, uh, basically since we met her, uh, and the fact that she's held out this long to like see this through and see you know the there be you know some measure of uh, independence among the, the the fleet and you know guys become elected and all these things that that she's fought for, but for her exit to take out an additional large chunk of the remaining people and resources of this fleet. Uh, how many times is guys going to get entangled with a six that destroys humanity? Well, we got two seasons <laughs> got, to go. Yep. So, <laughs> and, and so far we're at about one a season. So <laughs> we're going to run out of people or nukes. And so as his first executive order, he uh, declares that they're, they're going to establish uh, permanent settlement on the planet, and they do uh, immediately after this this devastating loss. And everything's fine. Everything's fine. We get a one year time jump. That which, that transition is really fun. So it's, like it's so sudden because it's just like all of this shit. Action, 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 action. One year later, well, well shit. Puts his he like falls forward and slams yes. his head on the desk, and at that moment. I knew, like, I just, I knew that, because I don't, I've, I've been saying that's another thing that, like, I don't know. I have, it's all lost, like, residual lost energy in me when I watch a show <laughs> like this. I'm always, like, waiting for. Um, and then, so he falls forward, and then when he sits back up, he's, like, wearing a different suit, and then you get the little, like, Chiron or whatever at the bottom. But you also know that, that time has passed because <laughs> Bill Adama has a mushroom, uh, mush, mushroom? A, a mustache. Mushroom. Bill Adama has a mushroom. He's, he's been growing mushrooms, he, like. He's, he's new hobby, you know. <laughs> Good for him. He's he's learning which ones to, to cultivate that he can make building materials out of. Oh, that's a thing now. Um, mm. But yeah, <laughs> Bill Thomas has a mustache, which I, I wanted to make this point uh, when we saw his flashback scene before where he meets Ty and he's working on the, the freighter or whatever and then gets back in the fleet and everything. Um, but I realized that it would be a potential spoiler for this moment that... Bill Adama's mustache is a way to denote that significant time has passed because when he has free time on his hands and he's like not keeping up with decorum, he grows a mustache. Yep. He's <laughs> just out here growing mustaches and building model boats. <laughs> we haven't seen that ship in a while. Yeah, you're right. He's not the only one, though, that has a physical appearance change uh, while manning a Battlestar with a skeleton crew. That's true. Lee. Uh, Lee kind of lets himself go on his uh, <laughs> daily workout routine. Lee um, gets a little chubby. <laughs> no, no, no body shaming here, but Lee just, he, he doesn't keep up the uh, the rigors of, of military life that we're, we're accustomed to. I mean, we've talked about how uh, hot under the collar Jamie Bamber can make us. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Lee goes full dad bod in this episode. <laughs> he he's, sure does. He's, he's gunning for, uh, for EJO's look. <laughs> Oh, I like to think of it that way, that he's just moving into the role of he's like the next generation. (laughs) Exactly. The show is so good because like, I don't know, I think that makes sense. It would be unrealistic to think that he would keep up because like having the body that that Jamie Bamber does in the first two seasons of this is not something that happens naturally. Like he's no, doing yeah. that all day, yeah. every day, unless That's he's acting. So like, of course the second Lee can kind of chill out a little bit. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, some fucking hot pockets from the, uh, the ship stores. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we see the, the, the budding romance between him and Duala has, uh, has developed uh, a bit more. Um, but yeah, these ships have been orbiting, New Caprica, the uh, the ones that didn't land on the planet, uh, have stayed up in, in orbit for the last year, uh, manned by skeleton crews. Uh, so few people that it takes them entirely too long to do anything. If uh, you know, if an emergency were to happen, they can't even fly a good cap because they, they don't have enough pilots. They can't train new people, so they really just they're they're kind of out of habit, out of this idea that we need to protect the people, but 
not really with the the, the teeth to make it happen? Yeah, it feels <sighs> um, kind of my... Um, I'm sorry, I got to go blow my nose. I'll be right back. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah. I wasn't going to be able to let another one of those go by without saying God bless you without my dead grandmother waking up to <laughs> come slap me anyway. So I'm back. Welcome back. Thank you. You're welcome. Previously. Hmm. Previously on Second Condition One. <laughs> can we do that in like mid episode? I don't know if that's allowed. I don't think. I mean, we can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. That's true. What's going to happen? Are we going to get canceled? <laughs> oh, God. From our own network. Oh God! <laughs> have to call ourselves into the room for the meeting. Fights like everybody like we need to have a, a network meeting next week, and we we all join in. Fights like so. Second condition one is canceled. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh no! <laughs> Pack our little boxes up. Take our pictures <laughs> off the walls. <laughs> My sad little plant I've been trying to keep alive. But then we still got to show up to work for our other podcast. <laughs> for everything gets, else that we do. That's where it gets real awkward. Yeah, I think things will be a little tense here at corporate headquarters. Mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be giving myself weird looks whenever I come <laughs> in the office. <laughs> that fucking guy. So where were we? Uh, uh, we were talking about the the skeleton crews, uh, just kind of keeping these ships going more out of momentum than anything. I think it's it's really worth pointing out to our our listeners who may not have seen the episode yet. Because this could be confusing. Um, they're not actual skeletons. Oh yeah, don't get too it's, spooked. It's not a it's not a crew of skeletons. This isn't the Halloween episode. No. Um, it's just skeleton crew. Uh, it means like you're operating with a limited amount of people. <laughs> Thank you. So now I want a mm-hmm. like spinoff, at least one episode or like feature length, but like Battlestar Galactica, but horror. Yes. I want. An episode of Battlestar Galactica that is exactly the same. Like, pick an episode. Doesn't matter which one. It's exactly the same as, as the original episode, except everyone's wearing those, like, skeleton, like, <laughs> jumpsuits. And no one acknowledges it. That rules. Uh, yeah, I would watch the hell out of that. It is funny that you, it's not funny, it's sad that you say skeleton crew and then spooky ghosts. Because they are, it feels like they're haunting those ships. They're like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is all they've known for... I keep saying so long, but the Cylons were only around for a few months, but still, like, these are military people who have done nothing else, and now they think that they're in a period of peace, and what else do you do, I guess? Well, I mean, that that's actually a really great point, because we have the, the a few old hands like Adama and Ty and, you know, Fisk, R.I.P., uh, that... Have, were old soldiers. They've been in, you know, in both Cylon Wars, and you know, it's kind of like a career thing for them. And they're kind of at the end, like, and like Ty goes down to the planet, and he like reluctantly gets his like retirement, or whatever. And Adama is like, you know, somebody's got to keep an eye on this shit. And like, what am I? What am I gonna do? Plant mushrooms? I don't know. <laughs> he says something. <laughs> okay, that's the spinoff uh, show I want. But then you, you have these younger soldiers that, who probably signed up just before the, the attack or, like, maybe have you know, been around for a few years, and like, ad- advanced through all the, like, the training exercises and the, the whatnot. And, uh, but, like, suddenly their life has been nothing but, like, war and running for nine or ten months. And now they're stopping. Mm-hmm. And like, how long does it take for that adrenaline rush to wear off? Right. Like, right. Apparently, at least a year. <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to call out is when Adama's telling Saul, like, go retire, go get down to the planet, go, you know, whatever it is that you do. <laughs> and, you know, Adama says something to the effect of, like, you know, someone's got to stay and, and keep the lighthouse. Yes. You know, oh, that's God. what it is. Maintain the lighthouse. And Saul's like, well, I'll stay with you. And Adama's like, there's only one person per lighthouse, you know that, which is, I guess, a rule. I don't know. I, I mean, not if you've seen The Lighthouse, which I haven't, but I listened to Good Morning Nancy's episode about it. <laughs> it's funny because earlier, like right before that, you see Adama walking through the halls of Galactica empty, mm-hmm. and there's a flickering light that he stops to inspect for a minute. <sighs> the show's yeah. so good. In addition to fitting perfectly with The Lighthouse analogy, it also kind of gives you this sense of like, Things starting to get like a little disrepair. Like we know mm-hmm. that Galactica was old to begin with, and like wasn't in the best condition. And now, without constant maintenance, is she just gonna like 
collapse under her own weight in space where there is no weight. <laughs> well, you know skeletons aren't good at maintaining spaceships. <laughs> so there's no body to do it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, look what you did to poor Caleb. I'm just going to keep plowing through while Caleb dies. So we still have some stuff going down uh going down on the on New Capricorn on the planet. No bones about it. We see that Laura Roslin has returned to her first love of teaching. <laughs> there's um, finally a school. Yes. There's finally a school. And she's teaching. She's teaching children with with Tori, who, if we remember, no, not Tori. What's her name? Maya. Um, Maya. Yeah. With Maya, who is the one who secretly adopted the Cylon half Cylon half human baby that everyone thinks is dead. Hera. Hera. What, do they, what is her name now? Who she renamed Isis. Isis. Really sticking with the, the mythology names. Yeah, they're doing that. We've got Tyrell wearing glasses to show that time has passed. Yes. <laughs> and he is apparently the union leader of the, the labor workforce here on New Caprica, and he's calling for a strike. Of course, which, he's I a mean, union man. I love him so much. Yeah, Tyrell having get ele- gotten elected uh, union president just feels right. Mm-hmm. Like, uh-huh. He... Yeah, we, we know that he's got uh, a, a good handle on leadership and that, like, people, like, trust and respect him. And it, and he cares about the people he leads. Like, he obviously shows that. Exactly. I mean, he's no crash down, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, who is? But next to Tyrrell, as he's uh, leading this this uh, this charge for a strike, we've got... Uh, who do we have next to him but uh, Callie? His who is uh, very, very visibly pregnant. Extremely pregnant. Which we can only assume is with him. That's the assumption I, I'm making. I love how she's up on stage with him as he's addressing, or trying to address the this angry crowd and like calm them down so he can speak. And like she's like, ah, shut the fuck up! And like they all do immediately. And she's like, got this super smug look on her face, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, why... Why is your pregnant wife actually on the stage with you? Is she also a high-ranking union official? Because if so, like, okay, that makes perfect sense. But, like, if she's just there for moral support, like, why is she on the stage? I mean, the crowd is angry and she could fall. And, like, that's no good. That's like, a really good question. Is it one of those things where it's like with the politician, they bring their family out to be like, look, I'm a Optics. normal person just like you. I have a family. That's usually reserved for people who, like, aren't believably human. <laughs> yeah, I know, but... How else were we going to find out that she was pregnant? Yeah. That's a good point. That's why. She had to be, like, kind of standing there with her hands on the small of her back, sticking out her belly, so, like, we could be sure to see (laughs) there it is. There's there's a baby in there. God. They're not the only lovebirds. On New Caprica, we've got uh, we've got Starbuck is looking for for Anders, the pyramid player. Yeah, the Cylon. In fact, he's playing pyramid, and she's pissed at him because <laughs> huh? he's got pneumonia. What a he has dumbass! Fucking, he has fucking pneumonia, Such and he's like, ah, I don't need a doctor. I'd rather just play pyramid about it. Like that's not that's not how you get rid mm-hmm. of pneumonia, you dunce. It's gonna work it out. You know, you could almost almost excuse him if new caprica had like really good weather it was mild and sunshiny and he was out getting vitamin d and like uh you know the fresh air was going to be good for him but this is like the dreariest drabest like foggy cloudy overcast everything's damp it reminds me of like some movie about some coal miner town where like like these two would have been high school sweethearts who just never left and he's oh like a God, fuck up yeah. and she deserves better. And then you've got Tyrell, the union man who's trying to turn things around and Oh my God, that's such a perfect analogy. It really is. But then also Cylons. They're living mostly out of tents because they haven't built very many permanent structures. Some people are living on the, the ship still. We see Baltar is on Colonial One still. Of course he is. Uh, which looks weird landed on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're laboring. There's a, a labor union. The labor union's on strike. The weather's terrible. Like, that is the perfect analogy. And like, oh my God. Can we talk about Baltar's redecoration of Colonial One? Uh, well, first of all, I love that he seems to always have at least one scantily clad woman that he's either presumably just had sex with or is about to have sex with, probably both. Mm-hmm. Also, the giant portrait of himself that he <laughs> has so hanging great. behind his desk. So great. Obviously newly commissioned. Very yeah. Baltarian. Very Baltarian. And of course, Gaeta now apparently is his aide, it turns out. His Billy. He's, yeah. <laughs> 
God. Gata is the new Billy, which is, that, that feels, somehow it feels right, but it also feels weird. Yeah, that little snitch. I still can't. I mean, it's fine. He's such a fucking snitch. So we've got our folks down on, on New Caprica. They're getting by, presumably. Living in tents, getting pneumonia, going on strike. Getting pregnant. Drinking out of cups. Drinking out of cups. <laughs> Being a bitch. Six, five, four, and then three, we've got, no way. We've got... We've got Lee and D up on Pegasus, and uh, oh, so Starbuck, Captain Ty Starbuck, I'm sorry. Starbuck's trying to get Starbuck antibiotics White. for Lee <laughs> for Anders and uh, or for for Anders, and Anders is uh, is not doing good, and Cottle's like, ah, there's no antibiotics. He's young. He's he'll be fine. Walk it off. And walk it off. <laughs> Why have him go play pyramid about it? For all I care. Uh, <laughs> So, so Starbuck runs into Ty and is like, can you help me cut through some red tape and get some antibiotics? I think he's going to die. And Ty's like, ask Lee. He's the one sitting on all the antibiotics uh, up there on the Pegasus. So she calls and asks for a favor. And Lee's like, oh, is that right? You want a favor, huh? And he's being kind of shitty about it. But then uh, Dee interrupts him because she sees something on Dratus. Well, b- before we get to the the, the actual multiple Dratus contacts, I, I want to address that like they hint at something specific happened between Kara and Lee that like created this tension where like she didn't want to call him and he absolutely didn't want to take her call. Yes. Uh, and like someone, I think it's Ty that's like, yeah, that was a long time ago. He's over it. And he's very much not because Lee doesn't get over shit. <laughs> uh, and so uh, very interested to see if we get some exposition of what happened during this past year on New Caprica uh, and or on Galactica and Pegasus, whatever. Is it maybe it's what happened in Razor where he decided to leave her for dead on the fucking base star? <laughs> I mean, they've done that to each other a couple of times. She also shot him in the heart with a gun once. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe. 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 They, I mean, the way that they hint at it, it definitely, it could be that, but it feels like something that's happened something else. since they've been at New Caprica. Okay. That's fair. And so I'm I'm curious. So yeah, maybe we'll see how that plays out. But D has multiple traders contacts. <laughs> D has multiple traders contacts. It is a entire fucking fleet of Cylons have arrived. And just kidding. We're back. We're back. I know we said we weren't coming back, but we then we realized there were two more seasons and it would be real fucking boring if we didn't. So can you imagine if they spent the entire next two seasons just like hanging out on New Caprica? Hudson around, just kinda like it just became fucking Earth Two. <laughs> remember that? Remember that show, Earth Two? I do remember Earth Two, or it was like Space Doctor Quinn, but it's Doctor Cottle. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Cottle, Medicine Man. <laughs> Doesn't have the same ring. Doctor Cottle, Medicine Woman would be amazing, though. Yeah, yeah. We learned that Doctor Cottle oh. has uh, a cantankerous daughter. Ooh. So Adama, uh, both Adamas, both. Uh, Papa and Lee mm-hmm. are debating what to do, and they they essentially decide we've got to jump the fleet away. We cannot win this fight, mm-hmm. and they fucking peace out and leave the people on New Caprica. And can you believe that it's Lee who says like we don't have a chance? Like we, it took us like three hours to get to Condition One. It was like twenty minutes or whatever, but <laughs> you know, we like it, it's like we're just now at Condition One. And like normally that would be like an instantaneous thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we can get our FTL drives spooled up and get out of here in time. Like we certainly can't like fight. Right. And right. he's right, but Adama, uh Papa Dama, uh, the Admiral, like can't stomach the idea of leaving everyone behind, even well, though yeah. even though Lee is absolutely correct. And that's where we get the outro from our show. It gave me chills to hear it in oh real time happen. It's so good. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. We're leaving, but we'll be back. Start your prep. Chills again. It's so good. And then they all ju- they all jump away. I love that there's like a, a 30 minute uh, Cylon flyover. Like it's fucking <laughs> 4th of July. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the Blue Angels. They all come clanking through. And then, you know, they, they land and they... Um, we get a great scene uh, of everyone in Gaius Baltar's entourage clustered around his desk, and the door to Colonial One opens, and in walks uh, several Cylons, mm-hmm. including a very familiar number six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> he guys goes to introduce himself, and she's like, "Oh, I'm aware of who you are. Mm-hmm. Very aware. <laughs> very, very <laughs> intimately aware." <laughs> You've been inside me. <laughs> she all technically, says it. I've been inside you. So <laughs> it's everybody's inside everybody here. Because she's uh, his little head six. And so, of course, Baltar uh, stands up for humanity and says, "Get the fuck out of here!" He just kicks him right off of his planet. He says, "Get off my plane!" Uh, like very Harrison Ford moment, and everybody cheers, uh, and they build a big statue of Baltar. Well, he wishes. And the sun comes out on New Caprica. And we realized that it was just, you know, it was just kind of a, a rough winter, but it's going to be a real beautiful spring. No, that's not what happens. Baltar, he immediately surrenders. So fast. I can't say that I would make a different decision, though, given that they they know, they know that the only hope of protection they had was a, like, poorly manned uh, crew of a, or, you know, contingent of a, a few ships in orbit that pieced the fuck out. Uh, and that an entire fucking squadron of raiders is flying around in the atmosphere and like 17 base stars are in orbit. Like there's like, even with the fleet fully manned and fully gunned, like they would be hopelessly outmatched. They had no chance whatsoever. He's made to look like a coward here, but like, is there a better decision? Like, could he have made a different I mean, move? he could have at least tried to negotiate something. I think the move would have been to not have run for a presidency that he wasn't, like, <laughs> equipped well, to handle. Um, I know nobody would ever do that, but... I mean, it, too too little, too late, you know? He's, he's about a year too late on that decision. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess perhaps, like, just the, the use of the words, on behalf of, the, of humanity, I surrender, mm-hmm. rather than push, pushing back. But they also, like are in, you know, no uncertain terms about like, we're here. You're not in charge anymore. You don't get a say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and like, to, to be fair, they do tell him like, you know, you won't be harmed if you surrender or whatever. So, and he's like, how do I know that? And they're like, you don't, but what other choice do you have? It's booming. It's like, you don't. <laughs> and then uh, uh, some random ass Doral who fucking cares about Doral. Like, <laughs> we're not giving you a choice. I'm like, mm, you're rude. I don't like you. So rude. I can't remember if I said this when we uh, when we first met Simon, uh, Simon the Cylon, uh, <laughs> way back on the farm, and we looked Cylon up and Garfunkel, Cylon and Garfunkel, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we looked up that he was played by Rick Worthy because we wanted to know who this who this handsome young Cylon was. Uh, <laughs> fun fact: last week I, I talked about how I've been watching the the magicians. He's Dean Fogg. Oh. Yeah. Cool. The Dean Fogg. The Dean Fogg. How's he doing? He's, you know, not not so great. I mean, it's a it's a pretty bleak show. Mm. Much like mm. this one. <laughs> there's, there's some interesting parallels there. Uh but yeah, so uh the president of the colony, it's Ellen made the, the great point that they probably should update their their <laughs> language a little bit here because they're not really the 12 colonies anymore. Yeah. No. The president of the 12 tents. <laughs> the president of the one colony president. has surrendered. The Cylons are now occupying New Caprica after having just given up their occupation of <laughs> Old Caprica. Things aren't looking so great for Homestar Runner. <laughs> Andrew, you had a bunch of theories that you alluded to uh, earlier in the episode, and I have been dying to hear them, and now is the time. I really only have one, and it is about Baltar, and it is either a good theory or it is criticism of the show. And I know that every time I've criticized the show in the past, it's come back to, um, what, do you, what do you say? I was going to say haunt you, you, but I don't think that's what... Come back to bite you in the ass. That, you know what? I think that's what I was going for. Um, so, yeah. So, if mm, this turn for Baltar, like I said, was so despicable to me. Like, the way he deals with Gina, his handling of the colony. And, and like, I, I do agree that the quickness with which he surrenders makes... I, I understand. I would have surrendered as well. But it's still... Especially when you have him... Um, 
up against somebody like knowing who, like if that had been Rosalind in that conversation, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It even if she had ended in surrender, it it would have been a longer conversation. It would have been a, a cooler, more fun to watch conversation. Yeah. And so um, there's that. And for me, it's going to be very difficult for me to not for me to care about him in the way that I did before. So what I'm hoping is this model of Baltar Cylon has gone (laughs) bad and something sad will happen and he'll do something heroic to try to redeem himself. And then maybe he dies and we get, or maybe if he's a human, he could do that too. I would be all right with that. Um, But I would want him to come back because I like the mostly crappy, but just kind of bumbling doofy Gaius that, that we've had for so long. Um, so how heartbreaking was it to see Laura Roslin like hide her kids in the, the school tent and like shut the flaps and stand there just like practically on the verge of tears watching the Cylons invade their new home that she Oof. didn't want to be at to begin with. Mm-hmm. Oof. How like, yep. That like if if that doesn't deserve the the galaxy's biggest I told you so nothing does. <laughs> she fucking told them. Yeah, big time. We found this planet, even though it's in a nebula. Uh, do you think maybe the Cylons could too? And how did they find the place? They a light year away. They detected oh, a radiation right. signature from a nuclear weapon. The very same he one that Baltar gave yeah. to Gina. That she used mm-hmm. to blow up the fucking Cloud Nine and a bunch of other ships. Mm-hmm. So once again, not only did one of Baltar's former Model Six lovers uh, <laughs> cause the the death of a large fraction of humanity, um, but also directly resulted in the silent occupation of their homeland. Baltar, man, you. I don't, we made that verb. It needs an updated definition because it's not just to like kind of do something stupid without thinking it through. And like, you really. He uh, baltered the shit out of this. Yeah. So I was thinking this morning about how much I respect that this show managed to find a way to say fuck repeatedly (laughs) without ever getting in trouble for it. Uh, And one cocksucker. And and one cocksucker. Um, but it's almost like frack, that version of fuck, isn't a strong enough word <laughs> to cover all of the possible... I mean, they use it in every way that you can yeah. imagine. But, like, baltard that more. up is way stronger, in my opinion, than fuck that <laughs> up or fracked it up. Like, you baltard that up so bad. God. Like, you could not possibly have baltard this any worse. <laughs> uh, we need to make a new word for it. That's how bad it was. <laughs> so bad. So, with that in mind, we're going to come back next week with a recap of Season 2 before we move on to see what happens in this new Cylon occupation era. Uh, And so, we're going to start our jump prep, uh, but we'll be back. (laughs) So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.